Hello, sister. You are listening to the Womology Podcast. This is a sacred space to honor your cyclical nature, reconnect with your innate body wisdom, and transform your health. I'm Dana Jehus, and thank you so much for being here. Welcome back to the Womology Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today with Michelle Etchinson, who is a self-expression coach for Naughty Witches. I worked with Michelle... I think about two years ago in your group container called Dripping in Magic. And honestly, you were, I've worked with many business coaches and you were my favorite (laughs) for sure. Cause you just have this beautiful combination of like that masculine structure of like, you know, like business things and then like that feminine flow and kind of how it all comes together. And I just love how you show up online, like openly expressing all parts of yourself, all moods it, and just sharing so many pieces of your story. It's just so beautiful to witness. And I'm excited to bring that conversation here today, specifically around self-expression and connecting to your throat chakra and kind of, I mean, how that connects with your womb and womb health as well. So I also want to give you a chance here to express in your own words who you are, uh, who you help and what you're all about. Mm. Thank you so much, Dana, for that warm welcome. Mm, I'm just receiving your words into my heart space, but Hello to all of the Moology listeners. My name is Michelle and mm, self-expression is my main mode of medicine, but as a projector in human design as well, I feel I'm also really here to allow people to come into my spaces, whether that's via social media or in one of my containers and, and really learn to breathe more deeply and hear your own voice with the most clarity, hear your own voice the loudest, really come home to your own natural blueprint, your own natural way of being. And the portals through which I do that are the self-expression through breath work, through EFT tapping, through connecting to your sensuality and experiencing the world more deeply through your senses. Like to me, sensuality is really, I describe it, it's almost like the way your soul experiences life through your human body. Like to me, that's like sexuality. And that's such an important piece of the work that I do as well. And thank you so much again, Dina, for that warm welcome. And it's honestly so enchanting to be here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that definition of sensuality so much. I've never, can you say it again, just so that <laughs> listeners really <laughs> yes. hear that? I feel like I'll need to back in. Let me check in. What did I say? I said something like, to me, sensuality is allowing my soul to experience life through my human vessel, like through yeah. through senses. And, and that can take on so many different shapes and forms. And <laughs> that's kind of the fun exploration of it is to explore for each person what, what does sensual expression look like? What does self-expression actually look like? And, and also really importantly, what does it feel like in your mm-hmm. body? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because I think often when we first hear the term sensuality, it's kind of more associated with like sexuality and, you know, like things like that. And it is, but also at the core of it is just that experiencing pleasure and joy of life through your senses. And it doesn't have to be like about sex or sexual experiences. That's Mm -hmm. just like a part of it. Um, There's so many other pieces to it. So love that. So um, I also always love to start with where are you at in your menstrual cycle right now? And how are you feeling in that phase? Mm. (laughs) I love this question. Like my heart just went, (laughs) I've never been asked this question on a podcast before. And it's like the best thing ever. So (laughs) I'm actually on the last day of my moon right now. So I've been deep in moon cave winter mode and it's been really delightful actually. And mm-hmm. even just celebrating for me for a while, actually, I didn't have a cycle like a few years ago. And for me, it's now every time like my cycle almost, I know when it's coming, but it kind of like surprises me. It's like, I wake up and I'm like, bleed. Ah, and it's like a healthy, beautiful bleed. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like for me in this cycle, there was a lot of joy and celebration and just 
a lot of reverence for my body and and her health and and vitality, but also definitely a lot of release and a lot of self-doubt and letting go within this cycle as well. And I actually feel, you know, the work you do, Dana, I feel is so beautiful and so incredible because being actually connected to my cycle and understanding my own natural rhythms and natural energy fluctuations, I feel like I gave myself permission the last few days to just like totally fuck off and mm. go to coffee shops and just spend hours writing in my journal or sitting in bed, quite literally doing nothing, like finding out what happens beyond nothingness. And mm. in a way it's been, it's been a beautiful cycle, a beautiful storm of chaos Mm. <laughs> and it feels good to like slowly be emerging with I can feel my energy coming back a little bit and so much wanting to come through in creation within the next phases of my cycle so that's that's what's alive <laughs> love that so much and yeah I definitely want to get into um, your past history with chronic illness and how that kind of played a role in not having a cycle mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I love that question because it's just so interesting to see like where we're both at in the cycle, like where I'm at and where the guest is at and how yeah. the dynamics kind of like shift in the episode depending on where we're both at and where our energies are. Um, it's always interesting where like if I'm like ovulating and the other person's in the total opposite space of like bleeding yeah. or vice versa or we're both like synced up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I right now am on day... 26. So I'm in the mm-hmm. late luteal phase, kind of coming up on my bleed soon. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm definitely feeling that like slowing down and softness, uh, but also feeling just like energized and and joyful. And I know just doing this podcast is so much a part of it. I haven't been able mm-hmm. to record in a few weeks. So I'm like, just yay. a kid in a kid in a candy shop, like yay! <laughs> oh, me too, Dan. I totally got chills as you were speaking. Just like you're so dropped in, like just you know being in tune with your own energy, but also the guests and and considering it with through this lens of our cycles and uh, just so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> so beautiful. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like if I'm out and about in public and with people who aren't necessarily like tuned into that kind of conversation I'm like always so tempted I'm like I feel like I'm like oh I just want to ask where they're at in their cycle so that I can know kind of how to like approach them better but (laughs) yeah for some people they'd be like isn't that an interesting question yeah they're like um what like that's kind of private I'm just such an open book about it but (laughs) that's why I love this podcast as an outlet to just like be able to freely talk all things periods (laughs) um so speaking of like different kind of seasons that we go through I believe you very much just had kind of like a turning inward season of going to Mexico for this solo trip and you ended up making the decision to also kind of like go dark on social media a bit and and just like experience life just like fully present and living for yourself. Um, I would love to hear in your own words, like, first of all, what led you to even decide to go on that solo trip to Mexico? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what led to the decision of, cause you weren't originally planning on um, like not posting at all on social media. Yeah. So how did that kind of shift and what, what arose from that? um experience Mm. thank you for asking these questions and the first thing that dropped in when you asked you know like what what sparked the trip like why why did you decide to go and for a little context I decided to live alone in Mexico this winter and that was definitely something really different for me and I actually feel the the spark for that or the reason for that actually goes kind of like far back into my story but it was really this experience of I hadn't really spent time like truly alone, truly relying solely on myself, really remembering my own independence in a way. And and for me, it's even in my partnership, my relationship with my husband, it was a kind of thing where I, I moved, I live in Michigan now and I moved here 
like six years ago, but I almost immediately got sick with autoimmune disease. And within our relationship, you know, my my husband, Neil, he took on this role of of being this provider and, you know, taking care of us financially and, but also really kind of being this protector of me because I was frail and I was weak and mm-hmm. I kind of needed that kind of caretaking and protection. But we, as we co-evolved, we kind of realized that as I became healthy again and vibrant again and more independent again, there was still this like flicker of this dynamic within myself of not fully standing tall in my own energy, kind of like still being in that subtle dynamic of, can I, can I really take care of myself? Like, can I trust myself? Can I really believe in myself? And I just felt this inner knowing, like, I need to go experience what it's like to, you know, go live by myself in a foreign country where I don't speak the language fluently. And I don't really know anyone, but who knows, we'll find out what happens. And, and so I went and, it was so beautiful. And it's funny, the other question you asked about the going dark on social media, like you said, I had no intentions. I was like, oh, I'll just keep sharing how fun, like Mexico beach, you know, all the beautiful things. But it was just like one day I woke up and I was like, I want to practice today living without capturing. I want to practice today existing without sharing. I want to practice today if I write I want to like really deeply have the experience of what it's like to receive my own medicine for myself first and like be with it and hold it here versus so often it's, you know, we translate for the divine or whatever it is when we create content and, and it's this experience where so often we miss the step of, wow, this is medicine for me first and foremost, this creative process, this expression of my soul and my art. And it's almost like we can skip over that, the heartfelt experience of of posting on social media and like jump straight to, well, I'm posting for this or I'm posting for this. And it's, I just felt this desire of like, what, what would it be like? Because, you know, I've been on social media posting pretty consistently since Mm, 2017 actually when I started to share about my autoimmune healing journey and so I was also just a beautiful time for me to explore living life at a different pace and what more beautiful place to do that than like savoring the ocean and the sunshine and human connection Mm -hmm. Mm, so beautiful um and yeah because you met your husband pretty young right yeah when we were 17 little little nuggets yeah so we've kind of witnessed each other evolve again and again and again over the last 12 12 years yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so I imagine like even that piece of wanting to feel that independence of like who am I just mm-hmm. as myself um that's something that I experienced because I also met someone when I was 16 dated until we were like 21 so dated through high school yeah. and college and I studied abroad during college in Australia wow. and I wanted to be single for that experience because it was like I don't know. I just realized like I didn't know who I was other than just another half of this couple. It's like, I don't know who Dana, the individual is. It's like Dana, this person's girlfriend was my identity (laughs) rather than just like being my own person. And especially at such a young age, like that's when you're really supposed to be kind of trying to figure out who you are and what you believe in. Uh, what your values are and but at the same time you're like kind of enmeshed with this other person um mm-hmm. so yeah I also found living abroad I also lived in Vietnam for a few years and just throwing myself in that situation of being by myself not knowing the language having to figure it out all mm-hmm. on my own was like this like spiritual boot camp of like okay figure <laughs> figure out <laughs> figure out who you are and what you're all about and find what you're passionate about um, so that like, you know, the next time I come into a relationship, I can feel like a whole person and not just like a half person in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I love that so much, Dana. Just 
mm, the shared experience that we have of oh yeah the spiritual boot camp of just kind of being like you know what I'm just gonna get in this plane I'm gonna see what happens and I'm just gonna trust myself because I have no other option but to do so yeah yeah oh my gosh so (laughs) as you were in the experience of just capturing I mean not capturing the opposite yeah. Um, capturing with my heart well, yeah yeah <laughs> like capturing for you um writing yeah. in your own journal not with any sort of like outcome attached to it of okay I'm posting and you know um was there any sort of difficulties or resistance that came up out of that in terms of thinking like oh I should be posting like what's going to happen to my business or mm-hmm. you know are people going to forget about me am I going to be irrelevant like <laughs> Oh, yes, 100%. It definitely came in waves. Like some days I was just so at peace and I didn't even think about social media. And then there were these other moments when, you know, it's almost like a habit. Like we grab our phones and we like go on to social media. And there were definitely moments where the voice, the voice of doubt within my, within my heart, within my body kind of whispered to me, like, but what if you lose, you know, like you lose all the momentum you've built. What if your business never makes money again? Or what if, what if, what if, you know, and like spreading out all of the what if worst case scenarios, right? And it's, you know, I honor my human brain for doing that, wanting to protect me from the possibility of, of pain or or rejection or abandonment. Because for me, those are so often if I like, if I can chat or like kind of my mind chatter, if I can like track it down like all the way into my heart space of like what am I actually really worried about here because it's always like what if what if what if but it's like calm the mind chatter like really like feel into what am I actually afraid of and for me it's 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 almost always I'm afraid of losing love I'm afraid of losing something that's important to me afraid of feeling abandoned and even noticing that like those subtle threads of codependency we can have with social media or or even if you're an entrepreneur with your business as well of deriving some sort of self-worth or deriving some level of of even your identity like from the space of business or from the space of social media and kind of similar like in in relationships it's really knowing and feeling like what is it like to be this whole and complete person just me my own heart my own breath that's it like nothing else actually matters and so yeah yeah exactly because of course we all as humans, we love to feel seen and loved and accepted for who we are. We love to feel a sense of belonging, but I feel that being able to cultivate a sense of belonging to yourself, being able to say, well, I choose myself. So it really doesn't fucking matter (laughs) if anybody Mm -hmm. else chooses me, like living life from that place of fullness. And then, you know, running our business or sharing on social media from a place of, of true overflow. I feel for me, like I needed to felt like going to Mexico was like reorienting my my soul coordinates almost like it was like I like had subtly like missed the mark and was like on the path that was like adjacent to the path that my soul really wanted to be on and it was just like I needed that sacred pause to kind of like like just ever so subtly redirect the coordinates to to my north star like back to back to really really where my heart wanted to be Mm. I love that. Yeah. The piece about belonging, because as you were talking, I was thinking about how this world that we're in on social media is Mm -hmm. pretty like different than what you find when you step outside your door in Michigan or like wherever. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not so often you meet people in person that are like on that same like vibe or kind of in this world of like talking about sensuality and womb wellness and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I know you've talked a bit about on your social media too, how you kind of have to censor with your family, like the work that <laughs> yeah. you do. So I'm sure like being able to show up on social media and be accepted mm-hmm. and like validated um, it's kind of like a safe space for you. Whereas maybe sometimes in the real world um, with people who might not necessarily get it, mm-hmm. it's a little like uh, friction. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. It's like my my family, they are blocked on social media. And that was just, you know, something to, again, like create that safe space for myself to really feel like 
I can show up as all of me and indefinitely, you know, even working in the realms of sensuality or or these places was it's difficult sometimes. Like you said, it's not wanting to compartmentalize yourself or be different versions of yourself depending on on who is in the room and at the same time being able to create really sacred boundaries for yourself with with people like who you decide to share your work with who gets to follow you on social media because I, I really feel that for everyone you know for anyone who's listening as well it's your social media if it's a place where you share your heart and you share your voice it's like that is such a a beautiful and, and sacred offering to the world. And it's it's a privilege to get to to receive your medicine and being being choosy about who you want, you know, on that page. And for me, it's I adore and love my family. And it's and coming from a more conservative Korean background than my mom's side, like the the sensuality work, which sometimes like we talked about, can can like also incorporate sexuality in these pieces. It's not something that feels right in my soul to to share with my family at least not not at this time <laughs> you know, totally open to what the future might hold yeah did you also um stop consuming content on social media as well or was it more just the sharing aspect yeah so I, I was definitely still on instagram sometimes like oh, catching up with friends or listening to voice notes from people in my DMs. But I would say for the most part, it was my phone operated as a camera for myself. <laughs> that was like my primary usage for my phone was like, when I wanted to capture a moment for myself, it would be a camera. And that was the primary function of all of my electronics. And and that was, I remember even like I brought my laptop to Mexico. So I was like, I want to do all this work. I literally didn't take my laptop. I took my laptop out like once. But, but yeah, I, I definitely think there is also that current of being aware of what we're consuming and allowing into our own consciousness. And I definitely find that on days when I'm really conscientious of my social media usage and, and I like barely even get on at all. It's like, I'm like, huh. I just feel so clear. I feel so open. I wonder what that's about. And then we're like, oh, duh, I didn't spend like 30 minutes in the morning scrolling, looking like, you know, just like receiving, even if it's really beautiful things, right? Like my social media, 90% of the accounts I follow are like cat accounts, bird accounts, nature Mm -hmm. accounts. So I'm just like, on my feet, it's like whales, like (laughs) aerial view of whales swimming in the ocean. It's like adorable birds doing cute stuff. It's cats being adorable 90% of it is that but like even (laughs) even though that is so joyous and and like just feeds my soul in a lot of ways it's still in sometimes a way a a distraction from the present Mm -hmm. moment yeah (laughs) but but I do enjoy following a lot of really beautiful accounts that feel really nourishing I love that um you mentioned that this trip was kind of resetting the coordinates of your soul what do you feel was the difference, like the gap between the path that you were on and reshifting to this North Star? Like what mm-hmm. path were you on before and like how did that shift? Yeah. Oh, I love this question because it's a question I'm I'm still discerning within my own heart. And yeah. to me, it feels like the path that I was on it didn't allow for the expansion in different areas of my creative expression that I wanted and that I knew I wanted, but was kind of like, I don't know. And, you know, I guess to describe the path that I was on, it was, you know, business coaching, self-expression coaching, doing the breathwork EFT, all these things that I, I love and adore and will just always be a part of my work. And it feels like I got a bit busy working in my business and on social media that there were other parts of my my heart that had woken up like my inner artist wanted more wanted to take up more space like my inner sacred slut wanted to take up more space my my inner happy hoe if you will wanted to take up more space and and yet i was so busy like my energy my capacity was really being utilized in all the other areas of my business in the ways that i was showing up that in Mexico, I, I kind of rediscovered, I love photography. I used to do a lot of wildlife photography. And I was like, that's an outlet for my inner artist to really, to capture something that delights my heart. And 
even like in wildlife photography, it's like I hadn't even made any time to like to go out and take pictures of, of birds or nature or hawks or all the things that I love. And in Mexico, you know, I brought my camera and I was like, ah, oh, like just like take pictures of birds on the beach. Like it's so fun. But but also doing more self-portraiture and realizing I was like, ah, oh, like do I want to bring photography into part of my business as a ceremony of self-expression to to work with clients? I was like, oh my God, yes, this is what I would love that. And and also doing more in-person work and hosting retreats and all of these things that are so alive in my soul to bring alive. And again, just it's almost like it's not like the path completely shifted. Um, if I like tune into the visual right now, it's more like the path that just became a little bit wider. It's like I was on a path that was too narrow that like didn't allow the full spectrum of my North Star to be seen mm-hmm. versus now that the path has expanded towards hmm, there's just more things that I get to pour my energy into. Mm-hmm. Now my soul's like, ah, <laughs> like soul sigh of relief. It's like, ah, yes. oh on the right path yes yes and and I feel that sometimes we need those moments where we actually just say I'm gonna pause and it's scary and it's kind of uncomfortable but and so many beautiful things will unfold from this pause I trust that I'm going for it yeah Mm. yeah it's like I feel like sometimes we just get stuck in this sort of tunnel vision yeah in this inertia of like Okay, mm-hmm. these things are working. It's successful. Um, I'll just keep like doing what I'm doing. I'm having fun. But when we step out into a different environment and we're exposed to different things, it just like opens our mind up to yeah. new possibilities. And yeah. especially having that kind of silence to allow your mind and body to tune in more inward and hear the messages from Mm -hmm. your own soul that like knows the answers Mm -hmm. of yeah it's like all of those things were just just beneath just beneath the surface like waiting for you to (laughs) rediscover them (laughs) and there was just too much noise going on before for you to hear it and then now that you were in this new environment it's like oh yes I'm remembering these things oh and I love your your word choice there of remembering because it really is that it wasn't even like an outward like finding and searching. It was just a, mm-hmm. uh, what does it look like to descend into my own heart and listen to whatever is there? And mm-hmm. it was really a a remembering of pieces that were already in there that had come alive that I just <laughs> hadn't looked at yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were some like fun things that you did in Mexico? Did you were you able to like? meet any other people or was it a lot of like just like beach and photography time yeah <laughs> no, I love this question because I was actually just one of my friends we were like jokingly like keeping track of all of my first times in Mexico like all the things mm-hmm. that I did for the first time which is like so many different things but mm, a lot of fun things I will say it was a lot of Michelle time it was mm-hmm. so much solo Michelle time like all like mornings on the beach by myself, like going into the ocean, sometimes crying into the ocean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, eating breakfast by myself. And there was so much beautiful time to to really be with myself and and also my grandmother. Like her spirit was very present with me that for whatever reason, like in the ocean and like on the sand, like I really felt her there. So it was a lot of spiritual soul connection time with me and with my grandmother, but I also did have a lot of fun. Let's see. Mm. I mean, I swam in the ocean naked for the first time. I was like, I'd never done that before. It was so free. <laughs> like, even like, you know, you know, like being able to be on the beach topless and there's something like so freeing about, I feel like our breasts, right? Like they're, they get yeah. so sexualized and, and, and I feel like in, in society, it's like this thing and it's just to just like be able to sit on a beach topless and like write in your journal and like nobody gives a shit. It's like yeah. so free. Even like my boobs got like sunburned. And I was like, whoa, that's the first time for me. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is just, it was like such a fun connection because, you know, like like our breasts, like doing breast massage or things like that can be so heart opening. And it almost just felt like, like peeling back a layer of shame that I didn't even know was there, right? Over being expressed in my body and, and like feeling at home and safe and, and happy here. 
Mm-hmm. Mm, other fun things that I do, I rode on a motorcycle for the first time and just like, oh, like head up to the stars, like stargazing, so which was really, really just beautiful. I just feel like mm, I remembered how to live my life with more vibrant color, which I mean, of course, Mexico and the culture in Mexico, like what better place to go to remember how to live life in more vibrant color than among a culture that is is so so colorful I mean literally like the buildings the the sky is so blue everything is colorful and just such a culture of love there and so I feel like I let myself think into that also even practicing my Spanish was really fun and and being independent in that way as well so many fun things I love that so much um Awesome. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit and start talking more about um, your experience with your health and autoimmune disease. So yeah, take us through where did that all begin? (laughs) Well, (laughs) probably began in childhood, but it really, well, I alluded to it before, but you know, it was the year after I'd graduated college and I was a bit of a hard worker, overachiever, perfectionist type for most of my life, definitely through college as well. And I just really worked really hard and I never really gave myself space to take a break. And I remember towards the end of college, I was meant to pursue a PhD in genetics and I was going to kind of pursue this path of working in a lab and doing all these things. And I just had this like knowing within my body, even though I wasn't really connected to my soul at this point in my life, I just had this like visceral, like, I literally, I can't do this. Like I, I I just, I can't. And Mm -hmm. it's, I feel it, it just, there were so many situations that kind of created this perfect storm for autoimmune disease to kind of come in. But, you know, I had a lot of struggles with my mom at that time because, you know, for my mom, it was like, she paid for my education and it kind of felt like a betrayal of me, like throwing it all away to be like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to explore and find out. My mom was like job security, like, yeah. you know, follow the path that like will set you up for a good life. And I, and I feel, I felt such an immense amount of guilt at that time. And to be honest, it kind of felt like that guilt was like eating away at my heart and lots of other things were going on at the time. And and just, I moved to Michigan to be, to live with my husband, Neil, who was my then boyfriend. We'd done long distance in college and it was such a strange and surreal experience. It was like, I was like vibrant and healthy and good and running and doing all these things. And it's like within a month of moving here, it was just like day and night. All of a sudden I got really, really sick and I was just experiencing all of these bizarre and seemingly unrelated symptoms of course everything's always always related and it was actually one of the main symptoms I had that I couldn't ignore anymore was I was getting lots of like rashes on my skin and like they were starting to come on my face and I just remember I remember thinking this like wow like I've had so many symptoms like fatigue and like my period being irregular and and you know all kinds of other things were happening but I swept them under the rug. I swept them under the rug. I swept them under the rug, even all through college. But the one thing where I was like, something's wrong and I need to fix it was, it was kind of this like vanity thing of like, you know, having like rashes on my face. I was like, oh my God, I can't have this. I need to figure this out. I need to fix this. It's right there. You can't. Yeah. It's like, right. I was like, shit, it's literally staring me in the face. Like something is not right here. And, you know, I went the conventional medicine route of you know, being prescribed lots of steroid creams and prednisone and, you know, band-aid solutions without really getting any actual answers as to why am I experiencing all these symptoms in the first place? And I spent a year just kind of getting tossed around the conventional medicine system, going to doctor to doctor. And as I'm sure, I feel like a lot of people have that experience, especially with autoimmune. I think it was incredibly underdiagnosed. And eventually I was just like, you know what, fuck this, fuck these doctors. I'm going to figure this out for myself. And I remember I ordered my own blood work and I got my blood drawn and and got this lab work back and I'd done research and I had a sense. I was like, I feel like this could be Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition of her thyroid, just based Mm -hmm. on all of my own doctor Googling right out of that space of of desperation, to be honest, of like, I 
I'm, I'm smart. I, I can figure this out. But I got this lab work back. And of course, I'm not a doctor. So I was like, well, I can't diagnose myself. But it, all, it looks an awful lot like Hashimoto's on paper. And But by that time, I'd found functional medicine and kind of alternative medicine. And I was like, you know, last ditch resort, like, why not just go and try a different kind of medicine? And they ended up diagnosing me with Hashimoto's and celiac and the skin form of celiac, which finally was an answer to why I was having all these like skin, skin issues. And wow. I didn't even know things. that was a thing. Yeah. It's called dermatitis herpetiformis, which is like such a mouthful. And I just remember getting all these diagnoses and kind of thinking I was 24 at the time. So I was just simultaneously so relieved that I wasn't just for a while. I was like, maybe I'm just absolutely insane and I'm creating all these symptoms in my head. And maybe I'm like just losing my mind. And then that was really scary. But so I was simultaneously really relieved, but I was also just like, what does this mean for my life? Like I'm only 24 years old. I'm supposed to be like starting my career or my job and I'm supposed to be like traveling and having fun. And instead I feel like I'm trapped in, in my home in Michigan where, you know, at the time I just moved here, I, I hadn't made any friends yet. I didn't know anyone. So I felt really lonely and really, really isolated, really depressed. And, and even, you know, circling back to womb health, it was, I'd also recently come off birth control and my cycle just, she went missing for like a year. So I felt so disconnected from my, my body and my womanhood in addition to just everything else that was happening. And it's all so connected, but eventually working with this functional doctor, I started to heal and started to get better, you know, doing kind of the the diet and the supplement routes, but also starting to explore meditation and yoga and things like that. And eventually I really hit a plateau in my healing. And that's kind of when I connected the dots of self-expression, this emotional side of healing, this, you know, autoimmune disease is this, it's almost like we turn on ourselves and kind of, I started to reflect and recognize wow, like all the moments in my life that I've abandoned myself, all the moments in my life when I have chosen someone else over myself, all the moments in my life when I have stifled my voice or or not stood up for myself or not really stood tall in, in who I really was or who I am. And I made that connection of like, oh, like this actually feels so connected to the reason why I got sick in the first place. And that denial of pleasure, that pleasure feeling like this foreign thing that was somewhere outside of myself that I didn't know how to access. And then through dance and through breath work and EFT and, and also just lots of like somatic rolling around on the floor in the dark, and like making weird sounds. Like that was the healing process that really actually allowed me to heal on the deepest levels to the degree that I don't even experience autoimmune disease anymore and haven't for probably four years at this point almost. And it's just been such a beautiful, wild journey of self-exploration and and kind of like what you said earlier, just remembrance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Well, I'm so happy that you made your way through that and Mm -hmm. you're out on the other side and now you're here sharing with everyone else um i'm wondering like how did you even start to find those answers of like oh self-expression like was there someone else online that you saw kind of doing that or um did this sort of just come to you organically um yeah yeah so I actually feel I started an Instagram back when I like first got diagnosed because I was like maybe I can just document some of my healing journey and maybe like there's other people that have the same experience and I actually have to give credit I feel like the soul of my business if you will like was really (laughs) like looking out for me at the time because you know I wanted to help people as, as I started to heal, I was like, I'm going to help people do this as well. Like I, I feel I have gifts in this realm and I want to help people. And so I actually like decided I wanted to become a nutritionist. So I like went and got a nutrition certification for nutritional therapy. And, and like, even within that experience of wanting to start a business and wanting to be an entrepreneur and wanting to help people, it feels like, like I lifted some sort of veil and in, in recognition of 
I'm still perpetuating this good girl, people pleasing persona within myself. And it just, I don't know how to describe it. It feels like just like some part of my heart cracked open and revealed something to me of like, oh, this putting on this fucking people pleasing good girl persona, (laughs) pretending to be somebody that I'm fucking not. Mm -hmm. Oh, like it just like, I don't know. It's like my soul revealed a secret. Yeah, because the yeah. nutritionist is like acceptable, you know. It's exactly, like, like, exactly. You know, it's like normal that, enough. Yeah, like people get it. They're like, oh yeah, nutritionist. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, it's like power to all of our beautiful nutritionists of the world. So incredible, so amazing. But I realized, like, I was like, this is not my path. This is not for me. Mm-hmm. And actually, in following that path and then choosing a different path, I feel helped me recognize that perpetuating this pattern of always being this good girl and always following this path that felt, you know, acceptable and felt normal enough was keeping me in the identity of being sick. And Mm -hmm. it kind of clicked for me that so much of the identity of being a sick girl and clinging on to the good girl and clinging on to the people pleaser were like these last threads that were like gripping on my heart space that were keeping me sick. And, and I just subtly started to explore, like, who am I, if I'm not a good girl, who am I, if I'm not this like shy and quiet Michelle and like, and even like cute, adorable Michelle, because, you know, it's like, I live in in a petite body (laughs) and, you know, all my life always being praised, like, oh, you're so cute. You're so pretty. You're so adorable. It's like, I took on all of that to mean like, okay, I'm small, like I'm quiet, I'm soft. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, I, I am all of those things, which is beautiful, but I'm also big. I'm also loud and I'm also fierce and I'm also fiery. And I'm also like <laughs> a slutty witch, all these different pieces, yes. <laughs> but I wasn't allowing any of those pieces to come forward because I still was in acceptance mode of all the labels that had ever been placed on me. And I feel like in and deciding like, I don't actually want to be a nutritionist. This is just another one of the labels that I'm now putting on myself. It felt like it was this, this organic, slow recognition and exploration of, yeah, who am I? <laughs> who am I if I'm not all of these labels? And I feel that's when I really started to express my voice online. And, and again, like giving a lot of of love and gratitude towards my business, which was such a vehicle for me to like meet those edges of my own expression and explore like different textures of my voice online through, through sharing on social media. So that was a little bit of what the journey was like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so relatable. I relate to so much of that. (laughs) I also got a nutritionist certification and I had been following nutritionists on Instagram and I was like oh their life looks so like clean and pure and like you know in order and like oh you just make these cute recipes and you just have this like cute little life um and I also am very petite and hear often like the you're so quiet or you know cute or whatever um and yeah I started nutrition coaching and I was like this still feels like I'm in some Mm -hmm. kind of box or that I'm not actually like getting as deep as I want to go in terms of help, like helping people Mm -hmm. with healing or even like for myself, I think it was, it was like something like my soul or higher self saying, yeah, nutrition is helpful, but that's not the end of it. Like there's a lot more work to be done in terms of somatics and expression and deeper like trauma healing and things like that. Um, and I'm still like trying to unravel like who who am I and who do I want to be and how do I want to help people? Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's why I love doing the podcast at least because it feels like I can have real conversations with people and get to that like deeper place that I crave (laughs) I love that and then I love witnessing your evolution Dana I remember even when Wumology was born and I was like oh (laughs) I just felt it like oh my god I cannot wait to see to see where this goes and where where you expand and 
and just getting to to witness you flourishing and and being deep in this work and and kind of finding your own path or remembering your own path of like there is there's more it's like nutrition is amazing and so important and so beautiful and it's like for some people it's that's their soul work and for other people it's like maybe that's a step towards the soul work and then you <laughs> dive off yeah. the deep end and, and find something new and, and different and that's part of the, I love having these kinds of conversations too because you never you never know what what will come alive or what will come up yeah absolutely um so you mentioned a few of the practices that helped you like EFT and rolling around the floor and making noises <laughs> um what is like one of those that you would really like to share with the audience that has been most helpful to you that you could maybe go a little bit deeper on mm. oh which one mm. I feel even in tuning into my body the most potent medicine that is here for me right now has has been dance actually and and it's it's interesting because oftentimes I'll have a dance ceremony with myself but it will naturally start to include EFT tapping, which for those of you listening who might not know, EFT stands for emotional freedom technique. And it is a just a beautiful practice of tapping on different energy meridian endpoints in your body to help circulate energy, to help downregulate your nervous system. To for me, it just feels like coming home. But for me, it's all of these practices like dance and dance combined with tapping that it just brings me into the present moment. Like when I'm dancing, like I have a, a little mirror set up in my living room and the, we don't even have a couch in the living room. The living room is literally like art space, creative space, dance space. And it's just to turn on music and just be immersed in the present moment, whether that's through tapping or or just allowing my body to lead me and dancing in different ways, I feel is just, it's part of my way of being now. It's it's such medicine, even like when I was in my autoimmune healing and, and being in the kitchen used to stress me the fuck out, like cooking and meal prepping and doing all these things. I would literally walk into the kitchen and my whole body would contract. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, again, I, I feel this is part of the reason why dance is just like huh, coming through the most is that was the medicine that helped me rewrite my experience of cooking and being in the kitchen. Cause I love cooking. And for a while I, I hated it. And it was turning on music and deciding like, you know what, I'm going to make this a dance party and I'm going to get my like friggin' spoon microphone and I'm just going to like run around the kitchen and have a good time. And I feel it's in whatever like small ways in which we can take inventory of our days and start to notice like, where are these pockets of contraction? Like, where are they happening? What's going on? Whether that's, you know, a physical environment of like you step into the office and like Ugh, your soul contracts or mm. you step into the kitchen in my case and your soul contracts or or you even like hang out with certain people in your life and you're like did I walk away feeling nourished at all or did I actually walk away feeling terrible it's mm -hmm. starting to recognize those small moments of contraction and then being able to to use practices like dance or EFT tapping or even just accessing your breath that allow you to start to expand in those places in the past where maybe you would have been met with contraction. And then it's in those small moments, I feel it's that's when we start to open up to more pleasure. That's when we start to open up to to more joy because like pleasure and joy, it's like it is it is the present moment. They live in the present moment. And mm -hmm. I feel like those moments of contraction that we have it's when like that like subtle separation from our soul can start to happen, which then I feel it's like, that's when we start to think all the inner critic thoughts about ourselves. That's when we start to go down all of the, what if worst case scenarios, spirals. Whoa, it is thunderstorming here right now. And the thunder just like cracked. Okay. I hear you. Yes. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. That's so beautiful. But that was a long, long yeah. roundabout, non-specific answer to your question. No, but I love that answer. because like dance is free, first of all, like <laughs> anyone can turn on music and <sighs> just like move your body. There's, you don't have to like, you know, buy some expensive healing tool or anything yeah. like that. And I feel like it's the core of kind of what you're saying is like finding ways for your 
inner child to play because we're in this like bizarre capitalistic society that is not (laughs) normal and is not like how you know we are meant to be living as humans and so yeah when you when you mentioned like you know feeling that contraction walking into the office or walking into like whatever situation I just pictured you know a child like having Uh to walk into an office and like oh I don't want to yeah it's like this doesn't feel right (laughs) it's like I'm meant to be like dancing in the sand which again I feel that's why Mexico is also so healing for me it was literally like my inner child just got to dance in the sand and swim in the ocean every day. It's like, of course she was having the time of her life yeah. <laughs> and that remembrance, that space to come in. But, but yeah, it's like huh, dance and even dancing in, in different ways. Like I know a lot of times for me, like I used to tend to dance in like a very like sensual way. I'd be like very flowy and lots of like hip circles. And then I was like, huh, like wonder what else, what else, what other ways I can move my body that are not the most intuitive ones that drop in kind of mm-hmm. inviting myself to be like, what if we just do some like twerking today? What would that be like? Or, or what if my version of dance was just like rolling my hands around or again, kind of just like rolling yeah. on the floor chaotically to like, for me, for me, I would often listen to like angry Korean rap music. <laughs> I'd be like, what wants to come out of my body when I listen to this music? So even using music as medicine of playing different kinds of music and seeing like, if my body were really to lead me here and I didn't give a fuck what I looked like and I I closed my eyes and just let myself have this experience, like what might I do? Where might I go? And and being yeah. curious and, and that mm-hmm. playful curiosity I feel is so healing as well. Totally. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I uh I love Ed Sheeran and oh, yeah. I love how he has like such a range of different kind of like yeah. styles and genres that he does he does like the ballads but yeah. then he raps like love and, ballads <laughs> yeah like heartbreaking but then he's like rapping and then I recently came across <laughs> this like um collaboration he did with his like pop song bad habits but then it was with this like rock band and there was kind of like <gasps> what I'll send it to you. It was so okay, yeah, I'm like, I need so to hear this song. good. Like, and I don't typically listen to like this was like there was like a bit of screamo in it. Like I don't usually <laughs> You're listen like, okay. to like like metal or like hard things like that. Yeah. Um, but just the way that it was kind of like mixed together in these two different formats, I was like banging my yeah. head. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, and it was just <laughs> such a different like way of moving that I don't yeah. normally but it was so like opening yeah. um so yeah I'm totally <laughs> all for that trying out the different genres yeah. um I love that <laughs> I had no idea yeah oh I wanted to hit on so like I'm sure new people coming to your page I'm sure like I know you get some of the comments that are like you know, whoa, like very judgmental, like this is too much, like mm-hmm. slutty kind of things. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then the people who are like celebrating you and like, yes, this is this is what like something that I've been craving. Um for people who are like, wow, that really strikes a chord with me, but like I could never show up like that. Or, you know, who like pe- I'm sure people are wondering, like, how do you have the confidence to just, you know, share so much of like your body and like behind the scenes and moving in these sensual ways? Um, how do you kind of, I don't know, like how do you think about it when you are sharing something online that might be a little vulnerable or a little bit of an edge? Um, mm. and then just putting it out there. Oh, I love this question, Dana. And it definitely for a while for me, there was a lot of fear in the room because there was a lot of, I think in, initially it was really when I started to share and in, in more expression, especially more like sensual dancing, when there is a bit of like sexual energy in the room, there was definitely a lot of like, put me in my place kind of DM, mm. <laughs> those kind of DMs, but you know, to each their own, but I feel for me, again, I feel like I mentioned this earlier, but coming home to sharing from a space of overflow, like sharing from the purpose of me sharing this post or creating this post is 
I'm going to receive the medicine that's here for me first. Like even for me, sometimes like I'll just record videos of myself dancing and, and if I'm feeling in a weird mood or I'm kind of like loppy, I just go back and into my album and I just watch videos of myself dancing and I receive the medicine from past Michelle. Mm. And so for me to share something that feels edgy or something that feels vulnerable or something that feels like, Ooh, I don't know how will people respond to this? It's, I'm actually not thinking about that. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like when I post to my social media, it's all I'm doing is sharing love from my heart. And, and when I, it's like, I really allow myself to feel that love pass through myself first. It's to send it out with that energy of love. It's just always, I'm not thinking about like, well, who's going to see it and who's, who's judging me and who's this and who's that. Like, I really, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just nothing else exists Maybe it's it's just like dropping so deep into my own inner artist that it's just the way an artist, like when you're creating a you're with a blank canvas and you're just painting and you're just like going for it. It's as you're in the creation process of making that painting, you're not thinking about like, oh, I'm going to put this in an art gallery and there's going to be critics who are going to write magazine articles about how they hate my, you know, hate this art. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like, you're so in the process that it's, and you're enjoying the process for yourself. And I feel, again, I think that's something that gets lost a lot of times, especially in the world of, of entrepreneurship, or if you're sharing on social media, in part, because you have a business, it can, it's like the nutrient of just receiving your own creative process can get lost sometimes. And for me, it's, I just laser focus on my own process, my own joy, my own pleasure in the process. And from that space, putting it out there and sharing. And I will say at a different evolution of my business, like kind of shortly after a lot of like slut shaming DMs under just bolted again, mm. <laughs> DMs like, you know, came in, there was a period when I felt really scared to share. I was, I was scared of scaring my community even like, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to scare people. And it's even reconciling with like, and why in my mind was that a bad thing? Like, why is it actually bad if somebody, a stranger on the internet is scared of my content, they could just unfollow? Or why is it such a bad thing if even one of my friends who I know in real life kind of thinks like, oh, that's different, Michelle, interesting. (laughs) I'm a bit surprised by that. It's like even reconciling within ourselves of it's okay if people are shocked or disappointed or, or surprised or whatever it might be by the content that you share. It's again, coming home to, well, this is my precious life. And if I'm not living it for myself, then that means I'm living it for other people. And and I feel even in my experience of healing autoimmune disease as well, it was so much of like, I'm choosing myself. I'm choosing to figure out who I actually am. And I think with that healing journey came this kind of ruthlessness even of just, I am so unavailable to be anything, but absolutely true to myself that with the kind of like ruthless conviction of just, I am who I am. And some people will receive it as medicine and some people won't, but I just, I don't mind either way. It's, it's beautiful either way. But I feel again, like so much of that healing and so much of that, just like deep rooted, I know who I am. And that's all I ever really need came from the EFT, the dance, the breath work, the exploration of my own inner landscape. So I feel the outward action of posting content just became so light and effortless through all of the deep inner work first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it is still medicine either way because medicine yeah. doesn't always feel good and like, yeah, it doesn't always taste good. <laughs> you know, yeah. Sometimes the medicine is like being hit in the face with yeah, like- this thing that you're like, your initial reaction is judgment or fear or anger because that's you see someone else doing the thing that you wish you were doing yeah. or that you wish like you felt free enough to express and yeah. so now you're like you know going to judge them because mm-hmm. it, again i'm just like thinking so much in terms of inner children right now like yeah. it's like seeing another kid have the toy that you want and now you're like mad because you don't have the toy <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you see the other kid like having fun and you're not and you're like mm, like mm. well I'm gonna make them feel bad because I feel bad yeah. you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um and then yeah like just what you were saying before about how 
I feel like you just are letting your inner child play and not have that pressure of like this, this needs to have some certain outcome. This needs to like get a ton of likes and comments and like resonate with every single person. It's like, this is just for me to have fun. And I know I find that the the posts that perform in air quotes yeah. the best for me <laughs> are the ones where like I put the least amount of, you know, like yeah. thought or, <laughs> you know, effort, like the ones where I'm like, start to question, oh, this isn't going to like the algorithm isn't going to pick up this, or yeah. this isn't, this isn't like following any sort of content strategy. Like, this yeah, or it's not my niche enough or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like this isn't a strategic post. Um, but the ones where I'm like, yeah, whatever, this has like nothing to do with anything. Like, this is just funny. funny. And I just want to <laughs> post it. Like those are the ones that <laughs> usually do the best. So yeah. yeah, I think people can totally like feel that energy. Um, yeah, it's like when you just choose to shine, like, I like to think of it too, like, mm, an analogy that helps me. It's like, the same way the sun shines, like the sun wakes up every morning, shines brightly in whatever way it wants to. It's the sun's not worried in micromanaging, like, well, like, who's receiving my light? Should I like put sunglasses on this one person to make sure they're not hurt? Like, do I need to like shade this one plant to make sure they don't like get too much sunlight and burn? It's like the sun's yeah. micromanaging. The sun's just like, I'm here. Whatever plants and things on planet earth want to receive this light and medicine, like I'm here, but it's not like freaking out about you know who's gonna receive it and how are they gonna receive it it's just like you said like letting our inner child play and and creating art and not having it be this stressful performance where you feel like you're being graded it's just like it's just life like play live (laughs) enjoy Mm. and also you know meet yourself in the moments when that feels really hard because I know for me sometimes it's like there was definitely a point in my journey where if someone was just like, well, just play and don't worry about what other people think, I would have been like, but how? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah. it's just like meeting yourself where you are. And even if the fear of judgment or the fear of criticism does arrive, it's how much can you shower yourself with your own love? How much can you receive your own medicine and and take those baby steps, right? It's in the self-expression journey. It doesn't have to be like, okay, day one, let me post the most vulnerable thing in the world. Or like day one, let me just like roar and like let it all out all at once it's maybe for some people that's the trajectory of their soul and for other people maybe it's like beautiful baby steps where maybe you practice being more self-expressed and just play and and, and light-hearted within your group of friends or within like a small closed container with people you know you'll be met with love and celebration with and you start to collect evidence of oh like I showed a new side of myself and I was only loved and celebrated huh like Maybe I can do this in a bigger room and a bigger room and a bigger room. And then before you know it, you're not thinking of your life like, well, I'm in this room. So how can I show up? I'm in this room. How can I show up? It's you just start to show up as you are, but but letting it be a process and and loving yourself every step of the way. Mm, yes. And like you said, with like the word grade really struck a chord with me because I think yeah. a lot of us like former perfectionist or yeah, like overachieving and like good girl and overachieving it's like we know how to get the grade we know how to like yeah. do it right if you just yeah. give me the instructions I will follow them yeah. um but we weren't taught in school really to just like play and have that be you know that's it like you just play there's no other uh like end goal or grade yeah. to hit or anything like that um so yeah I love that perspective. Um, I would love for you to share some of your favorite like programs or containers you have going on. Um, if people are interested to work with you. Yay. <laughs> oh, thank you for that invitation, Dana. Oh, my favorite programs, naughty content. One of my favorite programs in existence. It is the 21 day challenge all around self-expression and and opening up to that most outrageously used self-expression and and having fun on social media that's the whole heart of the program is really based in in liberation and and kind of like we've had in this conversation like noticing the places where you're still in a box noticing the places where you're still wearing labels that somebody else placed on you and like with love with grace with compassion with nervous system regulation like starting to break down those boxes starting to take off those labels and and hear with clarity what your voice sounds like underneath underneath all of it 
And then let's see, Siren is my other favorite program, which goes along alongside Naughty Content. I would say they're sister programs, but Siren is kind of that, <laughs> what I think of as like that past life mermaid energy, but kind of connecting to your your inner Siren, that part of you that that knows how to sing in your own natural way, right? Kind of, again, coming home to this throat chakra, healing this, really remembering what your voice sounds like, like the purest echo of your voice. Like, what does that really sound like? And coming home to feeling safe to experience pleasure in your body. But both of those programs incorporate breath work and, and EFT tapping and, and dance <laughs> as well. So, so, so much fun. But mm. And my heart is just like ah, exploding with joy. (laughs) And are both of those like ongoing, like just open enrollment or are they um, like time-based? That makes sense. So both of those programs currently are self-paced. So they are open at any time, any time to enroll. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will include the links in the show notes for all of those things. Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing your story and your medicine. Uh, I'm really excited for people to receive all of this. Mm. And yeah, so happy to talk with you today. Mm. Thank you so much, Dana. This has been truly just such a soulful conversation and just a beautiful way to, to spend my time today. So thank you, Dana. Thank you to Umology listeners. It has been such a gift to be here with you. Thank you so much for listening. If you desire to continue this journey and learn more about your